Thank you for listening to Call Me By Your Game. Uh, I just wanted to let all the listeners know that moving forward, we won't have a new action item pre-roll message from me, so I'm not going to be detailing those things on the show. However, we're still going to have action items in every single episode, um, so check the show notes. We've got some for you right there. Um, thank you so much for listening to the show, and um, I'll continue to mention it as we you know, move forward with new episodes, but please continue to check those action items. I think they're vitally important. Uh, it's important to get involved and be aware and take responsibility for you know, the well-being of others. So yeah, check out those action items. Enjoy this episode. This You're going to be listening to Baseball Spotlight Part 3 featuring MVP Baseball 2005, hosted by producer of the show, Jeremy Schmidt. So thanks again for listening. Check out those action items every week and enjoy. strikes you're out at the call me by your game hello my name is jeremy schmidt and i'm the host of call me by your game a video games podcast where i talk to someone about a video game that is special to them and why we'll talk about what made playing that game special what they love about it and the context around how they fell in love with the game for the very first time just a little bit of housekeeping to get out of the way before we get started, you can visit our website at callmebyyourgame.com. You can also email us with any questions, comments, concerns at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. Now, if you want to support the show, and we encourage that you do, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. <laughs> I mean, it goes a long way. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash supernpcradio with a lot more bonus and additional content to this, including Call Me By Your Game Co-op, which is a roundtable discussion show where I bring on uh, just a, a litany of other superb and qualified individuals who talk about a video game at length. But enough with all that. Why don't we get to our guest? All around lovable human and uh, video game connoisseur, comedian, writer, actor, director, grip, key grip. <laughs> Connor McCabe, how are you doing, pal? Hey, I'm doing so good. And and I want to know who's hosting this. Who the hell is that hosting this podcast? Because I know who Jeremy Schmidt is, but I don't know if this is Jeremy Schmidt. Hello, my name is Aaron Mankey, and you're listening to Lore. <laughs> Amazing. I'm, I'm trying to do the show like you would do it, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm channeling your energy. And that's what scares me, because I thought that's what you were doing. And I'm like, oh, am I... Like, am I like, li- not that you're being lifeless, but it kind of is. <laughs> like, like, is that I was doing an NPR thing, <laughs> lifeless, 
Jeez Louise. I'm a and fan of Plus, I had that clear. cool song at the top. You know, you did. Uh, that was incredible. And <laughs> and I don't mean to be criticizing you up top. I'm just trying to get an idea of what's happening. I'm more, cr- more being critical of myself, if anything. But thank you for having me. I'm a, I, by the you, way. When you host a show, what it, it's, it's like, I feel like it's like, me hosting a show if you were to dial it back and be, get like turn up the professionalism that's how i feel <laughs> is you hosting the show so i was trying to do that <clears throat> you know thank you uh, two things i want to get out of the way is that one uh want to be clear that i'm a big fan of npr that wasn't mm-hmm. an npr dig i i think npr is really important especially full right of now. life full of life even if it <laughs> is like subdued and you know without emotion uh second thing <laughs> is that i was actually thinking about it last night Jeremy Mm -hmm. and like it's almost like there's got to be a meme out there that would fit it like the difference between me hosting my show and me guesting on your show right totally like two two very very different things because on my show you know I've got everything prepared which I Mm -hmm. prepare for your show Mm -hmm. I'm all buttoned up I'm I'm hosting my guests so I'm like trying to be hospitable Mm -hmm. even if we're across you know the internet and on your show I've got like my freaking like leather jacket on. Yeah. I've, I've slicked back my hair. I freaking ripped a bong or two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your pants are undid. Yes. You, know, you got I'm, your belly hanging out. And I'm like, I'm kind of joking, but I was thinking about it last night and I'm like, no, that's how I behave. <laughs> so, well, and I brought a little element of my show to your show today by preparing very last minute for it. So hey. that was sort of my energy. I decided to bring. Thank you. Uh, m- minutes. I mean, minutes before the show, I'm texting Connor being like, hey, is there a document? <laughs> like a guide I can use to talk about this game and you're like oh we should definitely postpone because you're supposed to do all of that I'm like oh great great but you know what dude I love video games so much that I whip something into shape that I'm super proud and excited to talk about I love it um but this uh, but the way call me by your game works is I'm the host me and you're the guest you and I listen to the guest more than I do the talking in theory that's what I try to do I don't always right. succeed Sure, but that's the idea. That's the rough idea. Yeah. Uh, I'll also say that this, the tone of this show and the sh- tone of Video Games and Comedy show, sister show, uh, my show that I host, uh, comes out every Monday, Apple Podcasts, anywhere, um, <laughs> is also different than Super NPCs, the show it that is. we co-host together, which I think is some uh, kind of a middle ground between the two. That is a great way to look at it, and I think it's accurate, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Super NPCs, we take like a topic. This is a light plug for the Patreon show. We take like a topic together and we just discuss it at great length. Um, But it's like a, it's like a, like a magnifying glass to something Mm -hmm. as opposed to sort of the more broad discussions that might, you might find on Call Me By Your Game or Video Games, a comedy show. Totally. Super NPCs is more like jazz, like a little give Mm -hmm. and take. It's back and forth. Right. You know, it's, it's real smooth. And then Video Games, a comedy show is like, uh, fallout boy concert yeah and <laughs> and call me by your game is like Sufian. uh i don't know post me trying to be the postal service or something yeah. like that well so like it's a sufian right <laughs> yeah, i mean Su- that's there like we go. The, that's the that's the energy yeah so you know i kind of got some of your credits out of the way you are a, a podcast host of your own right you know not this show of course but different <laughs> shows um and you know you are a writer producer director actor you kind of wear all those hats you mm-hmm. have your hands in all those honey pots um so uh you know in that vein before we get talking about the games anything you've been working on lately oh um uh no 
<laughs> nothing lately. I would say the things that I've done recently that I'd love to shout out are uh, for your, I don't think we've talked about it on the show, so this works. For your birthday, uh, the wonderful uh, Jacqueline Shavira had a great idea to make a, um, a documentary parody f- mm. uh, that highlights the 100th episode of Video Games, a comedy show, but make it with the same tone and gravity of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan 10 yes. part documentary on ESPN, um, which is 10 hours of a uh, <laughs> 10 hour documentary. Uh, so uh, Jackie. Uh, had this really great concept and idea, but didn't like was wanting help with the structure and actually putting it together. And thankfully, that's something that I really like to do and uh, can do. And so we, I wrote the whole script in three hours on a Friday, <laughs> and then we started recording with, in, with that whole weekend. We did like forty-five hour session. Re- recordings with different people who guest on the show um directed them like we were actually mm. making a mockumentary and it was really fun and it turned out really great uh yeah truly like I, maybe maybe my best weirdest, work <laughs> one of the weirdest things to ever watch <laughs> as a human is to watch a documentary about you and it feels like you're dead it feels yes. like you've died and this is your memoriam especially because you weren't involved in it at all no. until we <laughs> revealed it to you yeah, it was shocking. Um, so uh, I do want to get into a little bit of your uh, get you know your game not uh, your history oh, sure. with video games leading up to today. But you did have an email though that yes. you wanted to read, right? Yeah. Well, I, can I do another thing before we do that? No. No. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. You what can. I wanted to do was uh, just because we've. I realized the way I scheduled the baseball spotlights was probably confusing to the people who listen to the show because I didn't think about exactly when they needed to come out. So this is actually the baseball spotlight part three of the four part spotlight we're doing on this show about baseball ga- about baseball games that I really love and that have been the most fun for me growing up. So we did part two, which was... Which will actually, yeah, it'll come out way before this mm-hmm. uh, uh, for the Call Me By Your Game co-op episode, part of the uh, $10 tier on the Patreon. Um, we did an episode on Super Mega Baseball 3, a new game from this year. Mm. Uh, and I had Greg Smith, friend of the show, and Ben Wheat Martian on, and it was awesome. So that so was part two. So you're telling me part one is on the main feed, part two is in the Patreon, part three is on the main feed. And is part, part four going to be a co-op? Part four is going to only live on my Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> no, part four will be a a normal episode like this. Um, gotcha. But I'll, I want to, I will release a preview for part two on this feed so people can at least get a little taste um, i love it and who yeah, do you have so, coming on be- for part four um i don't know well we're gonna cover backyard baseball love um it. but i don't know who i ha- i haven't asked anyone to host yet so we'll yeah. see so you know what's crazy about you hmm. telling me this about yes. super mega baseball 3 is that i've already gotten the folder shared for the yes. episode that i need to edit <laughs> for that call me by your game co-op uh, an episode that I definitely thought you were doing about Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> no way. Because oh. it was SMB3, and I was like, oh, they did Super Mario Brothers. Cool. <laughs> Incredible. That's so actually a great Mario idea, baseball. though. Yeah. Um, um, so I just wanted to tell everyone that this is the Baseball Spotlight Part 2. We're going to highlight uh, MVP Baseball 2005 for this main show. But um, mm-hmm. but thank you, Jeremy. I do want to address a wonderful email we got. Right. The first email that we've ever received for this show that's not from 
uh, a website I've signed up for, yeah. uh, for, for to use stuff for Call Me By Your Game. So yeah, a porn site you've subscribed to. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, it's obviously the only thing that I would use this email for. Um, so this comes from actually, um, well, I should have asked you this before. Is Jackson a patron of ours? Yeah. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay, cool. Wow. I didn't, I know that's Jackson. I'm so sorry. You don't even know our own patron. I know. They're like our children. And we've got six of them. It's not like we've got like 50 that I'm going to forget their names. (laughs) Yeah. You could know them all by name and birth date. So this comes from great supporter of the show and of video games, a comedy show, our whole network at super NPC radio, Jackson Hughes. And, and Jackson writes in, uh, Hey, Connor just finished listening to the No Mercy episode, and per Joe's request, I want to dish out an email, which first off, thank you, Joe, for even asking. You asked Joe what his favorite Pokemon was, but I don't believe you said what yours was. Now, if I'm going to have you guys talking in my ear holes all day, <laughs> then I got to know what your pocket monster of choice is. I've been a grammar guy since Red, and though my Game Boy Pocket is fried, I like to think my original muck is still sitting in my cartridge waiting for me to return someday. Thank you to all of you guys for putting together Super NPC Radio, and can't wait to see what else shows up on the Patreon. It was fantastic hearing Mikey Stevens' thoughts on Breath of the Wild. First off, shout out Mikey, star. Yeah, damn. Uh, Hope y'all are taking it easy, and I'll talk to y'all later. Peace. And that, again, is from Jackson Hughes. So Jackson, Jackson, one in a million. One in a million. I feel like if we were on your show, Jeremy, you would play the uh, Super Mario 64 mm-hmm. star sound. I would play it. What a great email. And I want to address that email. I, I did respond to Jackson already, but um, for the listeners out there, my favorite Pokemon is Bulbasaur. Uh, I love Bulbasaur. I've loved Bulbasaur f- for a long time. I think it was sort of like a late favorite, though, like within the last like eight years. I think revisiting Pokemon Red and Blue maybe like 2013, which is seven years ago, is when I was like, oh yeah, I love Bulbasaur. I also love Ampharos, Magnemite. Uh, I love all the Eevees, of course. Yeah. Uh, Cyndaquil, huge mm-hmm. favorite of mine. Uh, if I'm being honest, it's almost all Gen 1 and 2 Pokemon. But Totally. But yeah, thank you, Jackson, for writing in. That was a wonderful email. You want to hear what mine is? Frick yeah, I do. Dude, Mewtwo. <laughs> I like to I shred. And, I like to you. shred guitar solos. Okay, that's my that's my style. Is that what Mewtwo does? Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not about these cute little guys. All right. I want the okay. big. I want the legendaries. Okay. Give me a Give me a Zapdos any day. You know, it's not about being the best. It's about the friends you make along the way, Jeremy. <laughs> sure. I hope you yeah. understand that. <laughs> that is true. Um. So. Connor, you know, you carefully scheduled these episodes and planned them out so that you would be sort of the guest on each one of these shows because yes. you are the only person who's ever played a baseball game before. It's true. And I want to make that clear. So uh, <laughs> I do want to know, you know, a little bit because I I know your personal context in gaming, um, you know, just, you know, because I know you. I'm sure you've also gone through it on this show. Did I mean, you went through it with Mikey Stevens when he hosted the show. Yeah, right? I think we I think we more talked about my history with sports games and and baseball mm-hmm. games in general, but right. I'm happy to give a little recap since someone might have not listened to that episode. Do a little recap and also give me a little bit of, you know, your your earliest sort of context with with uh this game. Or is that just the show? Maybe maybe you just give me a recap and then 
Yeah, but I'll yeah. I can I'll include I can include I'll 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 do what you're wanting me to do for sure. Yeah, yeah. Give me a recap and then tell me like a couple other games you might have been playing at the time when when this when you were playing this. I would love to. That's a really fun question. Absolutely. Yeah. So quick recap for me is that uh, as far as like video games go in general, I'll address that too. From the from the moment I was first conscious, we had video games around growing up. And it's not that my family was super into them. It's just that the original Nintendo was so popular that so many households had them, including like my parents had one, my grandparents and my aunt and uncle who lived, they all live in St. Louis. But um, so I had one from as early as I could remember. I remember loving Super Mario Bros. Uh, one and two. We didn't have three. My my. My grandparents and my aunt and uncle had three, so I was always like super jealous of the games they had because it never occurred to me that there were more games I could find. Like I was like, oh, mm-hmm. we have like Bartman and Super Mario Bros. and Duck Hunt and Top Gun and a couple other Ooh. shitty games. Yeah. Uh, but we did get the Ninja Turtles because I loved the Ninja Turtles. So also bad. Love also it. very bad. They <laughs> there was like this. Uh, I don't I don't think it was a video game store. It maybe was like a card store that was nearby that we because I liked Nintendo, they definitely got like used copies of the original TMNT and then the TMNT arcade for the NES as well. Sick. Which is really good. Um yeah. so I, you know, grow up I grew up having video games. I think the first time I like really started uh being really drawn to them was when I saw Super Mario 64 at a Toys R Us sometime after it came out and was seeing Mario in 3D uh cl- flick this switch in me to where I needed to have it immediately so and in that same year after I got in 64 I had a Game Boy with some some games on it but I wasn't super into it I was introduced to Pokemon and mm. so funny we were talking about that earlier but yeah and the rest was kind of history as far as like early times go uh but as far as sports games uh the first episode of the the first baseball spotlight part one we talked about king griffey jr or major league baseball featuring king griffey jr on the nintendo 64 that was the first sports game i remember playing and not only liking but loving um and then after that, the only baseball games I really played were... I tried, like, All-Star Baseball on the N64. I hated it. I really didn't like it. It didn't feel good like Ken Griffey did. Mm-hmm. I, of course, was super into the backyard baseball games for a while. But the first baseball game that got me... got Really got its meat hooks in me after that time was this one, MVP yeah. Baseball. Uh, and it wasn't 2005, which we'll discuss today. It was... Excuse me, 2003. This was a game that... uh, It was the first in the franchise, 2003 was. And no surprise to our listeners, the reason I found out about it was because Eddie's older brother heard about it and was playing it. So Eddie Martin, friend of the show. Eddie Martin, friend of the show. I remember uh, his hearing his brother Andy talk about how he spent had like logged hundreds of hours into MVP 03 and like was trading for characters that weren't on his team and was having fun. And so when we got our hands on it, it immediately felt different than anything I had ever played as far as a baseball game goes, like, and somehow had triumphed over the bar that I felt Ken Griffey Jr. set Mm -hmm. on the N64. So yeah, eventually got into 
and then they they kept coming out with those games. So I was into 04. My uh, favorite player was on the cover, Albert Pujols, which is a, he played for the Cardinals at the time. Right. And then 05, and that came just a year later. So to answer your question, Jeremy, what yes. games I would have been playing around uh, when this game came out in spring of 05 was... Right. I would have been, so this was still the GameCube era that we wouldn't come out for a year and a half. Um, I was probably playing uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee. Mm -hmm. I was probably playing Ocarina of Time and uh, Majora's Mask on the GameCube because I had this like promotional disc that I got that is out there that comes with, I think, Ocarina, Majora, and Zelda 1 and 2, and then a preview of Wind Waker on it. Right. So I was definitely just like re- wow. probably replaying those a lot. So good. Um, yeah, so good. And then I was probably also still playing some N64 games, to be honest. And I, <laughs> I think some like Harry Potter movie tie-in games, which were pretty good. Um, but yeah, it was those were probably the types of games I I was playing. Paper Mario was out too. But Sick. It's the Thousand Year Door, but mm-hmm. I never, I just like got to borrow that or rent it. So yeah, those are just some of the games I was playing. A lot of GameCube stuff, but still some like, uh, uh, I guess Game Boy Advance and oh yeah, of course the Nintendo DS came out later that year, so right. I was into that too. And uh, probably going back every now and then to play some N sixty four stuff or whatever. Absolutely, couldn't help but return to like Ban- Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, uh, right. Donkey Kong sixty four, Pod Racer, Rogue Squadron. Yeah, <laughs> freaking love the N sixty four, dude. That was yeah. my first, like, me console. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude. So, um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about video games at large before we get into the actual meat of MLB uh, 2005? Um, MVP Baseball 2005. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. n- not really. Like, I was... By this time, this wasn't the only sports game I was into. It was the baseball game that had captured me at the time, but I was... I really enjoyed uh, the Madden series at the time. Mm-hmm. I would like create, like I would create, always create myself as a player and put myself on like a shitty team and just try to win the Super Bowl, which if you have it on an easy enough difficulty is no problem. Right. Um, I was doing that. I played like NBA Live, uh, like 04 and 05. I think Vince Carter was on the cover in 04. Um, playing that. Uh, yeah, I, like... Not really anything else I want to share. This was like... Yeah. What about Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball? Were you playing that? I wasn't, which will probably not come as a surprise. I guess what I would like to say is that this was sort of the golden era for of like my sports game enjoyment. Mm Because like games on the GameCube, PS2, and Xbox took a real leap, at least in the sports games, from that PS1... N64 generation. So they were not only like way more realistic than they had ever been, but they felt good. They had like fine tuned a lot of things. So, and we'll get into that in this episode, but yeah, it was like super into sports games. Let me ask you this also before we, before we go to break, did you, are there any good that you've heard of that you would be excited about playing today? Any good PS one sports games? You know, I have not done really any research yeah, on PS1 I can't think sports of any because even though I'm not a sports game player myself yeah. I know that the N64 was a great console for sports games like a lot of great sports Dude. especially in the wrestling category a lot of great mm-hmm. wrestling games but 
And then, of course, you know, PS2, GameCube, and Xbox era. Mm-hmm. Great. I mean, that's the EA big stuff. But yeah. what was, it was... Did PS1... I'm sure they was it was a leap from Genesis and Super Nintendo, but I'm yes. not. I just can't think of any. You, was Blitz you know on PlayStation One? I don't. I don't know. I know it was on N64 because I have NFL Blitz 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, the only th- there may have been sports games, but the only one. I mean, the ones that shine are obviously the Tony Hawk series. Oh yeah, and that's definitely a sports game. Yeah, which it's but it's hard to. It seems like its own totally different thing, so it doesn't. I don't know. It never feels like a sports game to me, even though it probably would be categorized as such. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, you know, I think we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk all things MVP baseball 2005 with our good buddy here, Connor McCabe. So stay tuned. Hi there, everyone. This is the host of the Call Me By Your Game podcast, Connor McCabe. And I am thrilled to announce that our show is now a part of the brand spanking new video game podcast network, Super NPC Radio. Uh, And we've launched a Patreon in addition to support our shows. All the shows and content from Super NPC Radio are fully independent, and we finally have a way to not only make new video content, but more podcasts as well, bonus shows, and help pay for our expenses in doing so. We can offer several great tiers, and for $5 a month, you'll get access to our brand new weekly show, Super NPCs. At the following $10 tier, you'll get even more bonus content, including a monthly group episode of this show called Call Me By Your Game Co-op, where we discuss iconic games, their respective legacies, and their place in history. If this is interesting to you and you like this show, check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and keep on enjoying those games, why don't you? Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. I am, as always, your host, Jeremy Schmidt, sitting here with Connor McCabe. How you doing, buddy? Doing so great. Thanks Did for having me. Did you have a good break? Me. Had a great break. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to run through some of MVP Baseball 2005's, just some a random over, like some overview of the game before we get started in the discussion. Definitely, I can't wait to hear about your thoughts and what it was like for you to play the game and all that good stuff. But before that, I got to get through uh, just uh, for the listeners some basic some basic things about the game. So MVP Baseball is obviously a uh, baseball video game developed and published by EA. It features the uh, features then Boston Red Sox left fielder Manny Ramirez on its cover. Man Ram. Man Ram. The game <laughs> features a full Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, and Major League Baseball Players Association licenses. It holds the 98th spot on IGN's Reader's Choice Top 100 Games Ever as of 2006. That was a long time ago, but that's still pretty cool that it's in the top 100 games of all time. I mean, that's... Yeah. And that's readers, too. It's not like those stuffy uh, journalists, right? Like, like if we were to make a list, we would put Mm -hmm. something like that on there because we know it's heralded, but we didn't actually play it. Sure, yeah. (laughs) As with the previous versions of the game, the announcers are Dwayne uh, Kuiper? Kuiper. Kuiper and Mike uh, Kruko. Real-life announcers for the San Francisco Giants. A PSP version of the game titled just MVP Baseball was later released in May 2005. So the platforms that this you would have seen this game on are the PS2, the Xbox, the Nintendo GameCube, oh, PC, and PSP. 
Uh, now, Connor, I remember you did have a PSP at one point, very short-lived. Did you have this game on PSP? Not only did I have this game for <laughs> PSP, I got the PSP for this game. I was hoping, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of remember you telling me about this. Yes. It, it, it sucked, right? It was very disappointing. Mm-hmm. I believe that... We can get into it later too, but I believe that like it was there was like a, a delay between you know trying to use your inputs and them actually happening, which makes the game unplayable. Oh, like like a like lag. I think there was delay. like a half a second mm-hmm. of lag. So like if you're batting and even if you recognize the pitch, and your your approach is good. You still are probably gonna have to get lucky to hit it. Yeah. So kind of moving on, MVP Baseball 2005 includes all 30 official Major League Baseball teams, stadiums, and all 30 unique dynasties, as well as the uh, more than 1,000 individual players that populate their respective teams. A notable exclusion is Barry Bonds, who does not appear in the game due to his withdrawal from the MLBPA's licensing agreement. His replacement is a fictional player named John Dowd. Hell yeah. A Dowd. white guy named John Dowd. <laughs> is, it, is, is he white? He's number oh. 51, and he, but he was like the best player in the game because Bonds was at the time. Yeah, but that is sort of a slap in the face to replace his character with a white dude who's <laughs> as good as him. That's bullshit. Um, right. Dowd bears no resemblance in appearance to, uh, to Bonds, but his skills mimic those of Bonds. Like its predecessor, MVP Baseball 2004, this game does not include Kevin Millar, who does not appear in the game because he is not a member of the MLBPA. So similar situation. His Mm -hmm. replacement is a fictional character named Anthony Freese. The game is also uh, includes authentic minor league teams and actual minor league players, including double a and triple a level farm teams. 2005's installment includes ball clubs from the high single a ranks as well, giving each MLB team three levels of minor league farm clubs, two legend teams, 63 legendary players, 15 classic stadiums, five fantasy parks and more than a hundred retro uniforms round out the list of unlockable features. Rosters are current as of January uh, 12th, 2005 and the game included the then new Washington nationals along with their then temporary home RFK stadium. At the time, new rosters could be downloaded to the Xbox and PS2 versions by accessing their online play menus. That is a very interesting fact because as we know from that whole generation, we're just starting to dabble into online gaming and DLC content. It, there really, it really was the Wild West. So mm-hmm. the fact that this had you know, additional content that you could download made it sort of a standout title for this whole generation. I mean, it puts it in, in ranks with like Halo 2 being another one, Unreal Tournament, I think, or Unreal Championship, sorry, being another one. Um, so yeah, you get basically from 2003 to 2005 you get MVP baseball games. And then um, you do not see another one until 2012, which is when the, I guess their EA's license with MLB runs out. Mm -hmm. So they had, they had a deal that was from 2003 to 12, I believe, or 2006 to 12. Uh, But in 2006, they, they did a college baseball game and same with 2007. So they didn't return to, again like nvp until 2012 anyway uh or or i make making an mlb game at all until, yeah. until 2012 yeah so um that's sort of a broad overview of what this game is now connor uh you said that you started with 2003 
Yes. So uh, I got to know, why this game for this episode? So it, as great as 2003 was at the time, with each installment, they were able to make gradual and significant improvements in so many areas. Like in 2003, I'm pretty sure you don't have the minor league squads. It's just the major league teams. Uh, the animation isn't as good. The uh, like in every game, you know, they add more batting stances from specific mm. players. They add more like they the systems get deeper as far as like the customization, but also like how how like the every everything from like a player's attributes to like the way that like a stadium will react during certain weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so they like continue to improve it and. It's honestly hard choosing between the three of these games. I have a special spot for all three. MVP 2003 was, of course, the first in the series that kind of like opened my eyes to what a baseball game and sports games, how good they could be even at the time. 04 took a huge step for the franchise. It had my favorite player, my freaking hero at the time on the cover. Um, And they added a lot to it. Um, That was kind of like, for those of you who listened to the uh call me by your game co-op episode two the super mega baseball three the jump from one to two is the same sort of jump that they took from mvp 03 to 04 which is like it really took the shape of the game we know in 05 but uh wasn't quite up to 05's full standards so um and then 05 uh took just took a leap in every other way the gameplay it's especially improved which I didn't think was even possible. Right. So, so O five because it's the one I spent the most time with. So you'd say it's your favorite, probably of the series. Definitely, yeah, definitely. That's sure. great. Um, so you know, we kind of talked about some of the online aspects of the game. Did you engage with that at all? Because uh, I know the game. Because you play this on GameCube, right? I played this on GameCube and PC. Okay, interesting. So yeah. with PC, then did you engage? I did. Really? Yes. Okay. I would play online. I I from what I remember, I don't think that it was great because I don't believe the servers were phenomenal or sure. my internet at home maybe wasn't great. So it was kind of hard to play because like playing any game online if it's glitchy or slow or lags, it's it just really takes away from the fun. Yeah. Uh so but I did play it, uh, and the computer version was actually my favorite version to play because it was the fastest. Mm-hmm. The load times were incredible, and the graphics were even sharper than I'm on sure like, they were the better. PS2 or yeah. GameCube. So that's interesting. Yeah, but you owned it on both. So it's kind of take me through what it's like to play MVP Baseball 2005. Because again, I've never played this game, and you know, to be honest with you, I was trying to think if I've even played a baseball game before, and Maybe just the Wii. <laughs> oh, yeah, like Wii Sports? Wii Sports, yeah. And Wii Sports, it's is got to be like an honorable mention for these baseball spotlights because sure. that game was so simple mm-hmm. but so fun. Yeah. Uh, and those motion controls did feel like they worked pretty well. For sure. Um, so take me through, what is it like to play this game? Like, what do you, you know, you start, you know, menu comes up, start screen comes up. What do you do? Menu comes up. First thing is it's going to be like, hey, do you want to continue as like with no profile or do you want to make a profile? Because there were so many customization options that you could make 
your own little profile with all of its defaults. So I would always, you know, put in cons, which was always has been my video game uh, moniker forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at that point, you have a lot at your disposal. And and so this game, of course, you can do like an exhibition where you can take any two teams, whether it be uh, like minor league teams or major league teams. You can place them at any park at any time of the day with whatever weather options were available. So you could just do like a match like that, play mm-hmm. with a friend, play against a computer. There was the dynasty option, which had been available before, which was similar to a lot of sports dynasty options or gameplay modes where you uh, can choose an existing team and play through that team's uh, with that team's organization as much or as little as you want. So you could simulate games in this. So like if I'm playing a 162 game season, I would, I used to play, I used to like play a game and simulate a game because yeah. 162 games is a lot to get through. Right. Uh, so you have the dynasty mode where you can continue and, you know, you come back each season if you'd like. Uh, there was the, there was a mini game mode. There are two mini game options. There was like a hitting option and a pitching option. The pitching one was very interesting. Um, you're, it's like set up like you are a pitcher on a bull, on a bullpen on the side of the field. And it looks like nice. a minor league park where um, normally when you pitch in this game, uh, which we'll get to like the why the gameplay felt so good in a little bit. But there is a little, of course, a little strike zone grid um, when you're pitching to a player. And in this mini game, they had that, but they would have like different colored blocks inside of it that corresponded to the different types of pitches you could throw Mm -hmm. and so like there'd be like red blocks uh white blocks uh maybe purple and and green that would correspond to like a an off-speed pitch a a breaking pitch a fastball a and then like a, a slider or excuse me a splitter or a knuckleball which would be like a weird pitch so what you do is you have like a certain amount of time and it starts with this like random uh like assortment of blocks and you would try to throw like if there's a bunch of green blocks together you would throw a change up aim for that spot and if you hit it then you would get points they would disappear and more blocks would fall and fill that space mm-hmm. so it kind of felt like like it wasn't like tetris but it felt like tetris. it because there was falling blocks right yeah that's like a that's like a type of puzzler though almost like super puzzle fighter or something sort of yeah, yeah. So that was one mini game, which also really helped you, could really help you improve uh, your, how good you are at pitching. Yeah. Um, And then there was a hitting one where you can choose any hitter in the game and you can play these rounds where there's all this shit set out in this field. There Mm -hmm. are ramps, there are like boards that block the ball. There are, if you hit certain items with, when, after you get a hit, you get extra bonus points. So the goal is to like see how far you can hit balls and like hit them over the fence and try to hit like tractors and and signs and stuff. So the better score you get, the more likely you are to move on to a new round. So that was always a challenge because in the first round, it starts very easy. Like the pitcher might pitch to one side of the plate. So you're always set up like, oh, they're throwing inside. Like I got to be early on these pitches. I'm going to try to pull them. But then as it goes on, it gets more difficult where they're mixing in different pitches. They might throw, uh, they'll throw like a something low and away and then up and in. Mm. It's like you're having a really, like you're having a challenging at bat, but you're also playing a mini game at the same time. Right. You're trying to like hit a cow with a baseball. 
Um, and it was really fun because there were these ramps set up in certain like alley, like when I say alleyway, I mean like uh, certain uh, aspects of the field. So if you like hit a line drive and it like, sh- it would like shoot off a ramp and like fly even farther. And if you could hit it off two ramps, it might go super far and that would like improve your uh, score. So super interesting. Yeah. So those were the mini games. There was maybe one other mode, like a, like an instant play mode where it would just like throw you in with the two teams you choose. But then something, excuse me, that this game introduced was a franchise mode. Mm. It's different than dynasty. This mode, actually maybe it was called owner mode. Um, either way you would act as boner both mode. the boner mode. Dude, it's my kind of mode. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm so sorry for anybody listening. Um, so you not only, you know, in every game have full, uh, full control over every aspect of it. You're controlling the players. You're controlling when you're taking out and substituting, um, blah, blah, blah. But you also can, you also in this mode, you build the ballpark, you set prices for concessions, Mm. you set prices for tickets, you set like different promos. Mm. So, and the goal is to not only have a successful team, but to earn money. So that way you can upgrade your park and spend more on players and spend and like get more seats in your place so you can have more people come. It was, it was something that I really didn't spend that much time with because it was kind of just like another layer of, of simulation that I wasn't ready for. But when I tried to play it in like April, uh, I was like, I think if I would play this game now again, mm-hmm. that's the mode I would play because it's like, I've never tried it. And why? I, I like Sims like that. They're totally. Fun. Like, I find that it's also like the, tycoon. Oh, right. I was going to ask, like, don't, do you kind of feel like the older that we get, the more like those modes start to <laughs> become attractive to us because we're, you know, it's just like another layer, another level of control. I think it's that. I also think it's like the older we get, the more like, like the more that something boring but well put together is fun Mm -hmm. totally (laughs) so yeah yeah do you own a copy of this game today yeah i i own still own my gamecube copy great and i still own the two disc uh actually for all three of the games i still own them on pc and they're both they're all two disc sets that's great now, I know this game had a multiplayer aspect to it. You said that you played online with people, but it it had a home multiplayer aspect too, mm-hmm. right? A couch. Did you ever play with friends when you were growing up? Yeah, the only two people I ever played with were Eddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I mentioned his brother, Andy, which was the oldest brother. This is the day we get the Martin family tree segment of the show. Love um, the Martin family. <laughs> so Eddie's our age. He's my age. He just actually just turned 30. So happy belated, buddy. Um... And then his older brother, Andy, is 10 years older than us. But then Alex um, was also his older brother, who was, I think, like three years. So if we were freshmen, Alex was a senior. Uh, And he was the only other person I played against. So Eddie and I would play this all the time. We would also, you know, go outside and play wiffle ball together. So we were so used to, like, simulating our own games already. But this was the first one that we wanted to play together because... We were both super into backyard baseball, but unless you have two mice, that's not fun to play on a computer with a friend because you have to click to hit the ball in a specific spot. And if you don't have a mouse, it you can't do that. So sure. um, this game, 
was the first one we really got into. We would play exhibitions together. I think it was just something where we could only play like one at a time, one game at a time, because we were both, we were really, you know, really good kids to each other, but we were both really competitive. So if one of us would lose, uh, it would, we would have bad attitudes about it. Right. And we wouldn't be mean to each other, but I think we would like not want to hold, hold play it, it against each other. Let resentments <laughs> grow. <laughs> not so much, but, uh, we just like, wouldn't, it'd be more of like an internal thing. Sure. Um, which is something I've had to like get over and, 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 and still getting over in my life. But, uh, <laughs> but I remember specifically playing with Alex one time because Alex was definitely better than us at this game, but we got pretty good. And I remember playing against him up in Alex's room. Mm -hmm. uh, And he was, I think he was the Angels and I, who were really, really good at the time. And I was uh, the Cardinals. And I remember it was my favorite team and we had a very close game. It was a few game where he didn't like kick my ass. And I think we're like, we must have been tied or really close. I think I was down one going into like the sixth inning or something. And I don't think I, I was having a lot of trouble getting any hits, but I was also not giving up runs. And I remember the Cardinals had this reserve outfielder uh, named So Taguchi is a player from Japan who came over and was a huge fan favorite. He played with such great energy. He was really fast and good defensively and sometimes had like clutch hits in the playoffs too. So so he's so Taguchi, as we so, used to say. He's so um, Taguchi. And so I think I like, he was playing outfield for me that day. And I, again, I maybe had like a couple hits in this game and sudden I hit a solo homer off him to tie it. And I think he had also like missed some opportunities to score. So he was pretty mad. And then later, I think in like the top of the ninth, we're tied 1-1. So Taguchi comes up again and hits another solo homer and like basically think of it it's like the most unlikely player to hit a homer right. and so i hit this homer against alex and i'm pretty sure he shut off the game right there because he was so mad and couldn't believe that like i this like his younger brother's best friend had like it was beating Just him with so Taguchi. yeah so that's great so i that's like my most as far as playing with somebody that's the most memorable moment for me specifically yeah. Because I spent most of this time, my time playing this game solo. Gotcha. So yeah. that's yeah, that is, and for and for a sports game, maybe not as ideal as other games playing by yourself. Sure. Yeah. Can be, but also that's something I can get super into. For sure. And I think that was actually my preference because of my attitude problems. Honestly. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you preferred playing alone or against a hard computer or something? Sure. Yeah. yeah, they have four different difficulties in this game, which are pretty standard. That's rookie, I think, all-star, MVP, and Hall of Fame. And I would play on, uh, if I was getting back into it, like if I were to play it now, I'd play it on uh, all-star. Mm-hmm. And then once I got comfy, I would pretty quickly get into MVP mode. Uh, just seemed like a really good difficulty balance. Right. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you need to know about baseball, do you think, before going into a game like this? You know, this game, I think you would need to know some. You can absolutely like spoot up the game and understand that hitting is a lot easier than pitching, I would say, because in this game, as opposed to many others where you have like a little reticle or a little indicator where you move your, where your like hit spot is going to be. Sure. There's nothing like that. You actually sort of like with the left control stick would aim 
to the direction and the strike zone where the ball is and then hit a, so if it's an inside pitch and you're trying to drive it, like hit a fly ball or like a, get like a deep ball, you would probably hold up and left too. Um, which, you know, depending on the pitch could work, but it, so it was easy to grasp. It was easy to get the hang of Mm -hmm. you. Also the game did a really good job of telling you when you had a bad swing, the game would react that way. Mm -hmm. So if like I, if I'm like, sitting on a pitch inside i'm like all right he's gonna throw a fastball inside and so i'm gonna be early on it and i'm gonna crush it and i'm holding up and left if they throw like a slider away you'll make this like terrible looping swing and totally miss it but it felt so real uh so you don't sorry to answer your question in a (laughs) long-winded way i actually think you would need to know because like when it comes to like the pitching and the getting used to the defense a little bit because the layout of the I believe the controls were a little different than most games at the time. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, moving on just a little bit, I guess yeah. so this would have been probably the biggest baseball game at the time, right? Did this, this have competition with any other baseball game? I want to say that at the time that like the two K games were already a thing and then all-star baseball was still a thing maybe even like there was a game called high heat baseball which was one of our favorites before this came out uh triple play baseball but i think it was pretty like from what i can remember as soon as this game was out it was like oh everyone who has who is like being honest about how they feel about these baseball games these modern ones knows that this one is like just head and shoulders above the rest yeah interesting did you would you go, I mean would you go back to this game today or would you would you say that you know we have had modern baseball game enough modern baseball games that have come out in the last shoot almost 20 years now at this point yeah. um that kind of could t- take the crown uh that's the thing about this game I think this is the best baseball game that was ever made Oh wow okay yeah Absolutely I don't think I even like I've tried to play the show and I understand I haven't given it like the like really sat down and tried to play it but it's not that accessible you really have to like grind it out and try to get good for you know as July would say get good uh <laughs> you ha- it takes a long time to get acclimated with that game whereas like with this one and Super Mega Baseball 3 which we talked about the difficulty curve and the gra- grasping of the controls feels so natural yeah so I would truly think the like this I still think this is probably the best baseball game of all time. I think Super Mega Baseball 3 in some ways plays better and is more is more responsive, but no, this game was the best because I mean, because of the controls and how real it felt. The thing the big strength about Super Mega Baseball 3 is that when I'm playing that game, I'm thinking like a baseball player and like a baseball coach. Sure. And I, the only other game that I've really, really felt to that, to that high of a degree that that was true was this game in this series. Yeah. And that started with the first one in 03, but 05 had, it just, they kept making such great improvements. Like, I feel like sometimes when we, when we have sequels to games, often not sports games now, uh, sometimes they can be disappointing or if it's like a huge studio, they might like like take shortcuts in a lot of ways. And this game didn't feel like that at all. Like I, I I don't think I've gotten to talk like enough about how 
intuitive the controls were, but it just felt like you had all these options. And, and at the time, like I was like really into baseball. I was 14 and playing my last year of what well, was little league, but we were on the big field. Finally it was the pony right. field before I went to high school and I was, I had gotten pretty dang good at baseball. So did you play in high school? Yes, I did. Yeah. Nice. I played all four years and, uh, could have, I've said this before on the show, which always sounds embarrassing, but I had some very small scholarship offers to play in college too. Yeah. Uh, and this year would have been playing in a, in a league with the sliders. So shout out to the sliders and friend of the show, Jaquise and everybody else. But, uh, um, yeah, so I played, so like be, being someone who like was so obsessed with the game, with the game of baseball and the history of it and all the players, like I could have told you, like I was a Rolodex of of baseball history and baseball. I love seeing your desk lower at this time for the <laughs> viewer. Like a spaceship taking off. For the listener at home, we're on a Zoom call and Jeremy's standing desk is lowering and it's quite fantastic. <laughs> um, you look like someone who's like like after a door opens on like a UFO almost. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> as someone who was like truly like baseball was my life when this game was out. Yeah. Baseball was my everything i lived it i ate it i breathed it i like that's all i wanted to do was like play baseball so this game felt like such it had honored what real baseball felt like in such an authentic way that i like was obsessed with it and this was the game i definitely poured the most time into and you said you're wondering if like or you asked if i had come back to it or would come back to it i do every year uh, as recently as it's been a while since I've like sat down and played a franchise, but I did one in like, I want to say like 2014, I, I had this mm. A's team that I was playing as. And, um, but also like this game still lives on. I don't know if you, if you're going to talk about that later. Yeah. But we like, might have some fact me by your games oh, and sweet. a couple of things, uh, lined up for later. But if you want to go let her rip, you know, go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, that was my first wave with this game and I really played it like for years after that. I want to say through like, Oh, eight through at least high school, I was playing it and would come back to it every year, at least for like a game or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in my first summer after my, well, the summer after my freshman year of college, I was also, again, really into baseball, but no games at the time. I, li- I didn't like any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found out that there was a super deep and committed mod community <laughs> for this game. Yeah. And they, they, so there go, there was, goes one fact me by your game. <laughs> That's uh, one, I love of two, it. one of two out, off the table now. I love it. <laughs> uh, but we, of course, please but address but that let's later. Let's talk about that, though. I want to yeah. talk about this mod community. So... In my research, I found out that to this day, there is still a completely devoted, you know, after EA lost the license and ended the support for the game, the game's modding community continues to uh, continues the support and releases updated roster lists every year as yep. also alternative leagues to this MVP game. MVP mods. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, so that was basically my second wave of playing this game was that I still had it on computer and, but I had a Mac, so I didn't have, and I didn't have my old uh, PC tower anymore. I had my MacBook uh, Pro that I had in college. So I decided that I was going to partition my hard drive, which for those of you out there listening and don't know what that is, you can separate 
your hard drive memory on, I'm sure you can do it on PC too, but on Mac. So, so basically I would have my Mac living and then I could have another operating system, which I put windows on my MacBook pro. However, I, so I did this specifically to be able to play this game. And when I did it, I did it incorrectly and erased my entire, I basically replaced all of my Mac with a PC and I had to get like someone professional to help me with it. So that is amazing. I know it was pretty depressing because I lost a lot of like funny videos for my freshman, my freshman year of college basically is like gone. We don't, it's gone, but, um, that's heartbreaking. It was the most heartbreaking thing was my good friend and roommate at the time, Brad in college would like freak out when he would play video games. Mm. And so I started secretly filming him and I basically made this crazy highlight video, which was like probably the second best thing I've ever done to your documentary. It was (laughs) absolutely nutso. Um, But anyway, uh, eventually someone helped me actually partition my hard drive properly. I loaded MVP on there and then it was so cool because not only did they have like the updated rosters, but they, people took the time to like build new player skins for like players that weren't in the league in 05 when this game came out. So, and, and they built like full stadiums, like the Cardinals had a new stadium by this point Mm -hmm. and that stadium was in these mods. That's crazy. It was like truly a dream come true. I was able to play this game with you know, the modern rosters and modern parks. And it was like my second wave of love for this game. It was really awesome. Were they able to do anything graphically to the game? Because I I don't want to say the game, the game definitely looks of a era. It looks a very 2005. So were they able to up res the graphics or add more detail to like the grass or I don't know. I believe I'm pretty positive that they did have some features like that. They were, I think they were minor, but I think they made enough of an improvement to where it was impressive. And which was saying something, because that game, I mean, like you said, it is of an era, but not only is the gameplay realistic, but the players look so much like themselves and their stances. Some of them are like spot on. It's really cool. So last thing I want to get into before we move on to a different section with your permission, of course, is you've talked a couple of times about the controls of the game feeling so good. And I wanted to like kind of to kind of hang our hats on this sentiment mm. here. So what about this game's controls felt a really good? Like, could you describe what felt really good about them and B how it feels better than maybe other, even more modern baseball games you played? Sure. I'd love to dive into it. Um, so there's kind of a few parts to this. I'll try to make each brief and concise, but understandable. I can tell you're not, but keep going. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to do. You know what? You know I can ramble. So first I want to talk about the pitching. Um, in a lot of baseball games, and I don't remember how a lot of them work now, uh, except Super Mega Baseball 3, this was the first time I felt like there was a lot of control in the pitching. And by that, I mean, it was more than just pressing a button and moving your cursor to a spot. Mm. This had a pitching meter. So when you start holding down, let's say a fastball, you start holding down a, the meter goes all the way down to the bottom of the, of the meter. You want to hold it down till it gets there. You want to let go. The meter will quickly swing back. And then there's a little spot, like a tiny spot of the meter where if you can time it in that spot on the swing back, then it ends up being like, the pitch you want or successful, like accurate version of that pitch. And it seems simple, 
But getting the hang of that definitely had a difficulty. There was definitely a curve in getting to learn it. (laughs) A curve. Um, (laughs) Trouble I apologize. Hey, um, give him the curve. I just remember that curve TV commercial. (laughs) Curve your Uh, enthusiasm. Curve. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, It sounds simple, but it honestly was a really good um, way that it felt like you were doing more than just one moving one part of a pitch. It felt like that whole little system felt like you were almost earning yourself to a major league pitch in a way. And if you, you know, made a mistake, let, let's say you let go of the thing too soon, you might have a lot less power on your pitch. Or if you, you know, like, let's say on the swing back, when you tried to time your second button press in that small zone, the pitch probably would miss its location. And then you get punished for that. The players, the computer was pretty good. So they would take advantage of that. It just felt like there was a lot more moving parts, which was what I wanted in a, in a, in a pitching simulation. The, I've already talked about the hitting a little bit. I love that version of hitting. You could also like adjust your, uh, adjust your position in the batter's box. So normally there's just like the, you know, the little strike zone. And, um, but like, let's say a pitcher is like throwing you inside, uh, consistently, sometimes a little off the plate and you, it might behoove you, especially if you're sitting on an inside pitch to, you could actually shift your stance over just a tiny bit, uh, Mm. maybe like six inches over, but that gives you coverage of that spot off the plate inside or outside to where, you could handle a pitch there. So let's say it's like two and O and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look for a curveball over the other half. I'm going to wait on it and try to hit it the other way. You have the option to adjust your stance outside and just sit on that pitch. Mm-hmm. And it was, so, it was great. Also one last thing about the hitting, uh, <laughs> which, and I'll get to the running and fielding really quick <laughs> is that, um, new thing they introduced in this game was that as the ball is coming out of a pitcher's hand, it'll flash a color really quick and that'll tell you what type of pitch it was, mm. which added a whole new layer to, um, to the game, the better that your player was almost like a quick time response. Very much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if your player, you know, is a better contact is a really good contact hitter. That flash lasts a little longer. So you have a better, like you have more time to react to the pitch, but if your player is worse, it, it's a pretty brief flash and it's difficult. So, uh, the next thing really quick, uh, is the base running. The base running felt super intuitive. I feel like on a lot of baseball games, it doesn't make sense with the controller, but it was really easy. The thing I loved specifically about that was that with the right, uh, with the C stick or the right stick, whatever you're using, you could, uh, have specific slides. So if you want to, you know, slide head first, but to the side and avoid a tag. If like you see the throws to the outside of the base, mm-hmm. you can do that. Yeah. Or you could do like a, like a foot first slide and like try to swing your hand out and swipe nice. the plate as you go by. So that was cool. Yeah. Could you Gla- make your player slide into first every time? You could, <laughs> you could, but then of course it slows them down and you probably get thrown out uh, if that happens. Um, but it's the options there. And the the last thing I wanted to talk about was the what, what made the fielding added a layer to the fielding, which I didn't think was always there. In a lot of games, uh, you do have the option to have your player react differently to a ball instead of just you know being in the spot where it it's it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you could the right stick also was used to dive and jump, but you could hit it in specific directions, and it would react how you wanted it to. 
So like if you're, if there's like a, like a blooper into the outfield and your right fielder's playing in, you can charge the ball and try to sl- make a sliding catch and the game reacts like seemingly exactly how you want it to. Wow. Um, that was cool. And then the last thing about the fielding was that like it really handled the player's momentum well. So if there was a ball that your player's getting to, that's like, let's say your shortstop's backhanding a ground ball, it feels so real because you, you would, what, what you want to do normally as a shortstop is gather that ball, take a step and throw across the diamond. So you want to give your player a sec, like a brief longer moment to field the ball and then start your throw as opposed to throwing as you're fielding because it'll screw up. Right. So I, I imagine that might be probably the hardest thing from the developer standpoint to yeah. figure out is like, how do we make this game feel like what you imagine playing a major league game of baseball feeling like with yes. just using a controller? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for all the praise that I've heaped on Super Mega Baseball 3, the like fielder momentum is one thing they don't do well. Like if there's a slow grounder, I want to charge that mm-hmm. and be able to like just get rid of it quick. Whereas they kind of like are, it's a little more stationary and a little more of a rigid movement as opposed to like a fluidity, which this game has. So yeah, that was like, I know that was a rant and longer than you wanted, <laughs> but, but like no, I wanted to no, make no. sure I did this game justice. Totally. Nothing feels like it even today. Well, I, I guess before we move on, because I uh, to fact me by your game, a segment where I will go through some facts that I came out uh, that I that I found in my research. I wanted to ask you: Is there anything else you know you wanted to say about this game before we move on? Uh, I feel like I've gotten a, gotten a really good chance to talk about just how great this game felt and how I really it was just such a realistic but fun Mm -hmm. version of baseball and i don't think those two things are always hand in hand like the show today is like a very realistic simulation but it doesn't feel good to me this game did that it also had so much customization options you could create a whole team of your friends if you wanted you could do a fantasy draft every year and draft random players that aren't on those teams to those Mm -hmm. teams um there's probably more stuff that i'm forgetting like all the unlockables but man this game was just uh it was just the best, and it's still the best baseball game I think I've ever played. That's that's great to hear. Uh, so, in fact, mean by your game is a segment where I have done some research and found some a couple of facts I think it might be interesting. Maybe some stuff that we didn't talk about. Obviously, we did already mention the modding community, which yes. is a very interesting aspect of this game. I think that's probably one of the more. I mean, I just love stuff like that, right? Where like mm-hmm. the, a community just takes a game and they're like, you know what? A, a better game hasn't come out yet. Fine. That's fine. We'll just yeah. keep playing this game because it's so, you know, it's so well-crafted. It's so fine. It's so well-made. So mm-hmm. that is that is really encouraging to see. The second thing that I wanted to mention about this game is um, the soundtrack. So the oh, soundtrack yeah. is something that we did not talk about in the show, but Shame in my research, me. I realized that it is, if you wanted to take a time machine into 2005, <laughs> turn on like, uh, a, you know, an alternative radio station, you might've heard all of these tracks done back to back. This is such a beautiful slice of 2005, 2004 to 2006 era music. It's all, what would you call 
the genre that this was the Louis the 14th, the, the bravery. What was that genre? It was almost like the killers was part of it. It's kind of like alternative rock. Yeah. Is that what it is? But they were like almost like British or something. They were like, we're, yeah, we're like, we're like now wearing our leather pants again. Like we're kind of getting out of the, Nickelback and Stained era yes. of butt rock kind of stuff. And now we're like, now we're like wearing cool denim jackets and stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't know what we would call it, but, and also thank you for highlighting this. I almost forgot to talk. I mean, I wouldn't have said anything about this soundtrack, but it's so good. And it's actually was like the type of music that I liked at the time was that like yes. British young rock whatever yeah. it is like you block got, party also yeah you got annual notice by the trail of dead longtime favorite band of mine you got really? the, the bravery which they just have an honest mistake i would have preferred a more deep cut but the bravery was a very funny band back from that time i don't know who the uh, the do nots are or the donuts but Me i neither but that song was the it was the opening song well no tessie was which is tessie dropkick murphy's. Yeah, dropkick murphy's now we all know who dropkick murphy's was of uh, course yeah great Great Irish punk band. Uh, the high speed scene. Don't really know who they are. Hot, hot heat. Very, uh, I think of, I saw them at like a warped tour. Like definitely. You owe me and I owe you. Yeah. Owe me and I owe you. <laughs> uh, Louis the 14th was sort of like, they Dude. wanted to be the bravery. Yes. That, they, that was that band. Uh, rock and roll soldiers never heard of. And then the Zootons were, I mean, that album, um, who killed the Zootons was like huge when, uh, when it wow. came out. Um, nice. So that was like, uh, you know, definitely an era of music. Uh, what did, how did it feel playing, you know, to, to this soundtrack, to this backdrop? It was actually perfect because during the, when you're playing the game, you don't hear any of this. Um, it's just like during the menus, but I spent so much time in the menus, building teams, doing fantasy drafts, trying out stadiums that it, or they're also in the mini games they play. I loved these songs. Right. They were so wonderful. Um, and I'll just use a second to piggyback. And I almost forgot to shout out Dwayne Kuyper and Mike Kruko, the announcers for this game, were the announcers for the Giants. I grew up near the Bay Area, so they were my announcers, mm. even though I was a Cardinals fan. So, And they're the best to ever do it. So that was another thing that I was like, they have, it's truly, this is the baseball game of my dreams in every way. Like, yeah. so. In every yeah, way, so. In, in, including the fact that they have a song by Louis the Fourteenth on the soundtrack, <laughs> your dream. Now, and I and I do want to juxtapose it from the 2003 yeah. soundtrack because so think about this: even two years before, we're still in the pop punk phase, and and the soundtrack definitely reflects that. So, like, look how much music changes in two Dude. years. You have All American Rejects, you Shine have Down, Shine Down, Head PE, OK Go, uh, Some 41. 41. <laughs> uh, and then two years later, I don't even want to look at 2004 because that's too confusing for me. I'm not sure what. <laughs> I think it's like a mix of both. But then in 2005, you definitely have like, oh, the scene has changed. Yes. Which is yeah. really, which is really, really cool. Too um, funny. And I would, and I also would like say that that's sort of a weird. Is this is kind of a weird thing to talk about? But like, if this was a basketball game, like, like the soundtrack would be what is like all the slam and hip hop at the time, right? It would yeah. be back to back hip hop songs, but I guess cause it's baseball. It's like all like white people music. Is that like truly <laughs> it felt like baseball games used to have like, it'd be like baseball games had country and rock football games yeah. had like 
rock and hip hop. Basketball games had only hip hop mm-hmm. or like R and B, and then yeah. But now then, but this game was like just like chill white people music. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah for sure. So uh, with that being said, I have some game recommendations for you. Ooh. I don't know if you've looked already hit the. I haven't. You haven't? Okay. So uh, something a little bit more refined. I was going to suggest MLB The Show. It is the only modern baseball game that exists, I believe, Mm -hmm. unless you can think of another one. If you can think of another one, I'm sure it's a cartoon game or a mascot baseball game. But yeah, this is the only one I think that exists today that is like a, uh, you know, they put a lot of money into it. Great graphics. Is MLB The Show, is that for, is that just for PlayStation? Just for PlayStation. Right. And, but I think that's ending soon. I think they're, it's going to be available, like potentially the option's going to be there to bring it to other consoles. And I'll be honest, I thought about buying it this year. I bought it last year and didn't like it, Mm -hmm. but it's still, it's one of those things that I'm like, maybe it'll be good, (laughs) but I never, I never end up liking it very much. Um, a suggestion that might be a little different, something a little different for you is Super Smash Brothers. Uh, <laughs> if you remember, there is a home run bat in that game that you can use to really knock people into uh, outer space or yes. wherever they go to when they get punished and die. I, think I it's do- often the only guaranteed KO item is like timing that home run bat exactly yeah and of course the bat you know comes from nest so earthbound you know it's like it's like a a little totem from that game and then something out of left field is uh batman arkham city because that's a game where you play as a bat so you have you know if you want to hit more homers you do super smash if you want to play as the bat himself Batman Arkham City, I think. I did not see the focus on the bat coming <laughs> at all. That, that was really wonderful. Thank you. Um, and with that, I feel like we should probably um, close this one out. Uh, you are the guest of the show, Connor McCabe. So please uh, plug away anything that you have to plug. Let us hear about it. Thank you. Um, if you'd like to follow me on social media, you can. I'm at Connor underscore McCabe. I stream occasionally. I streamed a, a new game called Takeshi and Hiroshi this week. Uh, well, it's not new. It was new last year, but new to the Switch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And then check out the documentary we made for Jeremy's birthday. Yeah, uh, check it the, out. The 100th episode doc. I don't Maybe we'll put the link. I'll put the link in the show notes this time because uh, it turned out phenomenal. And you can see what I do outside of podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now for the wrap up and the plugs for this show, patreon.com slash super NPC radio has a lot more additional bonus content from this show, video games, a comedy show and inside video games. I'm sorry. Let me slow down. That made it sound like it's all one show. <laughs> video games, a comedy show. And then separately from that, Inside Video Games with July is a different show. And we all have bonus content that sort of funnels into that Patreon. So if you like any one of the shows, you're bound to get at least one weekly show that represents that in addition to the main show. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Schmidt, and uh, hosted by me, Jeremy Schmidt. The Twitter, My Twitter is Oak, at, at Ocarina of Crime. And my Instagram is at Scaramy Schmidt. Uh, and a show that I host, a sister show to this show, is called Video Games, a Comedy Show. How many times can I say show in one sentence? Uh, Video Games, a Comedy Show is a... <laughs> Is a uh, it's a, you know it's a comedy show where people who sh- you know are not qualified to talk about video games uh, 
do talk about them. Uh, and on Love top it. of that, you know, Connor, you already gave your social and Twitch and all that stuff. So uh, I guess, what is your sign off? You always say, we'll see you on the next one. I usually, I do you fold do. it up in that way. Yeah, you say, you say, and thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.